Some people view them as harmless party games. For others, they're potential portals to the underworld. But whether you believe in their powers or not, there's good reason to believe bad things can happen around them. Today, we're sharing stories about Ouija board mishaps. Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like time travelers. Teenage poltergeists. Alien-human hybrids. Synchronicity. Soulmates. Sentience in plants. Creepy forest mimics. Ancient underground alien colonies. <laughs> <laughs> Life after death. Moon anomalies. Predictive dreams. Abominable snowman. Ghost sex. Road trolls. All that stuff. All that stuff and more. Lots more. I'm Christina Callery. And I'm Seth Jablon. And today we're doing stories about... Ouija board mishaps. Ouija board mishaps. Cautionary tales. Yeah. Ouija board stories in general. Okay. Yeah, definitely definitely centered around mishaps, but... um, Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Me too. An- another, yet another one, long time in the coming. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know, just being, um, you know, a paranormal uh, enthusiast, you know, we've definitely like heard so many stories that start with um, Ouija boards. Right. Right. Like, like we, oh, yeah, we uh-huh. decided to play with the Ouija board and yeah, it usually yeah. never ends well. Yes. Right. I mean, maybe some of your stories do. I don't well, know. Well, and there's find some out. theories about w- the reason for that. Um, okay. Before we jump in, um, just a little, like, news. I don't know if you saw today that um, there was uh, just a little bit of Shadowland news. There's a um, the Chinese rover. Uh, what is it called? Um, oh, Chinese really? On Mars? U-2-2. Y-U-T-U-2 rover. Um, spotted a cube-shaped mystery hut, like a little mystery box on the far side of the moon. And there's like photographs of it. So it's like kind of like a little square, uh, like in the horizon, not the moon tower, right? Not the, the, the sort of tall pointed, uh, object, whatever that is, but it's a different thing. It's a new thing that the China's U2 rover spotted and it's on its way to investigate Oh so my I don't gosh. Know if you saw that, but that's I definitely did not, in the news. but I'm going to look it up right after yeah. this. Yeah, do. That's do. fascinating. We need to do a, a moon anomalies story. Yeah, yeah. Or moon and Mars anomalies. Yes, let's definitely do that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that one. I don't really have much more to say about that. There's not really much more information, but it's definitely like a new, like, I mean, you know, there's anomalies on both the moon and the in on Mars, but the mo- more famous one is the moon tower, right? It's a very like miles high tower that's yeah. somewhere on the Have you been keeping moon. up with the Perseverance uh, Mars rover uh, no. uh, footage or looking through no. any of the photos? There's actually like a website you can go to and you can like look through all of the photos. Fo- I keep, I keep hoping to see something that isn't explained away by rocks. Yeah, mm. sure. Right. Um, they're good at explaining stuff away. Uh, okay. So I just want to, 
give a little update on that. But maybe we'll maybe next time we'll um, we'll see how the stories progress. But um, okay, so Ouija boards. Ouija so, boards. yes. So today I'm going to talk about the Ouija board, aka the Devil's Typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that I've one before. I've never heard that before. It's hilarious. But I'm like, but it was like presented <laughs> one place. Like obviously that's what people call. It. I feel like it's may- maybe like some like an old timey. It's a hipster. It's goes a very, analog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was saying before, you know, this is um, you know the idea of the. Uh, the devil's typewriter, the Ouija board, um, being a sort of an integral part of a lot of like, um, you know, out of control poltergeists, catfishing demons, uh, and myriad of seances gone wrong. Um, so many of them start with, you know, seemingly innocent play um, with a one very not so innocent device, the Ouija board. But before I get into all the Ouija board, mishaps and other such stories i just want to talk about for a minute like the storied history of the ouija board itself um so obviously if you grew up in the 80s or 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 90s you're probably all too familiar with this game um you know it's the stuff of creepy sleepovers and late night improvised seances right i'm sure you you did a few um yeah i have a couple stories which i'll share what's that i have a couple stories too Oh, you do? Okay. Okay, cool. Um, well, we know it as an essential way to make uh, a, a contact with the dead, right? Like that, that's, that's basically the, the, the premise of it. And indeed, this is its very origin, right? So the Ouija board um, was born in the golden age of spiritualism. So I believe we've, we've, tar- we've talked about this on the show a little bit. Um, but for those who didn't hear that episode or, or don't know, um, spiritualism is a religious movement based on the idea that not only do spirits of the dead exist, but it's pos- possible to contact them and communicate with them. So during uh, the Victorian era, right? Wasn't that yeah, kind of like I, when there was like a huge renaissance? Uh, yeah, I guess a, I don't there know. There were when like the, power, parlor games and people would hold seances and totally, try to levitate totally. tables and everything for fun at parties, yes. dinner parties. Yes, exactly. Um, so the, 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 the concept first appeared in the 1840s. Um, you know, the concept of the Ouija board or, or of using a device um, like a, um, a seance or whatever to contact the dead first occurred in what is called um, the Burned Over District of upstate New York. Uh, So apparently this is an area of western New York that holds a particular religious fervor and the origins of earlier religious movements such as Millerism and Mormonism um, had, had all emerged there during what they called the Second Great Awakening which is the thing I just learned about. I don't know if you knew about this, Christina, but it's basically uh, a Protestant religious revival that happened during the early 19th century. So they called it like the burned over district of New York because it was like people were like burning with religious. Oh, I think I do know about this. Amy Semple McPherson and Pentecostalism was kind of having a revival. Okay. Uh Maybe. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I, like I said, I just learned about all this stuff. and But yeah, the idea is like a lot of stuff that, you know, is part of the sort of uh, um, Protestant, uh, um, the religious movements in America all kind of came out of that area at a particular time, right? So, um, so that's, that's where this idea of sort of spiritualism originally came from. Um, spiritualists themselves will awesome, often place the date of their belief on the 31st of March, 1948, uh, when the famous Fox sisters announced they had made contact with the dead. Um, so we don't need to go into the whole Fox sisters stories, but I'm sure people know about them to some degree, right? Like they believe they, um, contacted the dead and there was like a lot of series of like knockings right like they, ectoplasm they too right yeah there was a whole thing and then it kind of came out at some point later in their lives that they were it was not genuine or whatever i don't know what the whole the whole exact story is but it's definitely like a central part of it would sort of catalyzed a lot of the sort of spiritualism and interest in spiritualism during that time um but yeah, in the time that followed, you know, seances, a thing called automatic writing, and many other sort of tactics were employed to uh, contact spirits in the afterlife. So it gained even such popularity that even Mary Todd Lincoln, who, when she was um, grieving the loss of her son, organized seances in the White House, um, which were attended by her husband, obviously President Abraham Lincoln. So, I mean, right. they had that level of social acceptance um right. you know that they're performing in the white house at that time i think we touched on that in our doppelgangers episode too oh right that's abraham right. lincoln that's right. saw his doppelganger and mary todd was saw it as yeah, a bad omen yeah right right and so she was like definitely deep into that stuff um but you know many believe that the growth of spiritualism during this time and then later um during um world war one um, you know, was a direct response to so many, you know, people dying, right? Like a lot of untimely deaths at that time. So people were interested in communicating um, with their uh, loved ones. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty natural. I think, you know, yeah. in general, like many of us are drawn to the paranormal through trauma or through mm -hmm. losing somebody or grief. Yeah, just even just, yeah, whatever something you know um causes us to start thinking about well what what happens you know who you know what do we have a soul where does it come from what happens after death right these are all like pretty profound life questions that we tend not to answer we, we tend not to ask or, or try to answer you know unless something sort of like pretty big has happened in our lives um okay so um right so during this time you know just a lot of people trying, experimenting with different things. Um, and, you know, a lot of devices were invented to facilitate the seance. Um, and one of those was called the talking board. Now, it was worth mentioning here that, um, you know, one of the first known references of the automatic writing method, um, which is what essentially is used in the, in the Ouija board, right? Um, it's actually um, one of the earliest examples of that is found far back as um, China 1100 AD in um, documents of the Song Dynasty. The method was known at, um, 
as um, planchette writing. Um, and the use of this planchette writing as a sort of ostensible means of communicating with the spirit world um, under special rituals and supervisions uh, was a uh, was a, um, a practice at that time um, of the Quan Zen school until eventually it was um, forbidden. So basically, the 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 point is like it's been around, right? Like this isn't this is something we've been doing a long time, probably even predating that, right? This is just the sort of first mention of it in history. But all this to say that you know this is a thing that we. I think as human beings try to do, right? Which is to reach out to the beyond in some, you know, uh, attempt to, um, you know, contact either those ha- who have uh, who have lived before, right? That we've had mm-hmm. some sort of relationship with, um, or even just sort of spirits in 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 their attempt to sort of aid us in in our daily lives, right? Like in shamanism, very often you know, spirits are invoked for healing purposes. So we've been trying to do stuff like this for a long time and and probably in a lot of ways beyond the sort of shamanistic method, trying to find systematic ways for everyday people to um, to reach out. So um, fast forward yet again, back to um, the United States. Um, you know, af- after it had already been in use in many makeshift forms, um, you know, basically, uh, a man uh, called Elijah Bond had the idea to patent the planchette, the the planchette, um, and sell it with a board on which the alphabet was written. Right, so he kind of like it was already stuff that was being used with the talking boards and the planchette writing is ancient as you know ancient can be, but this idea to sort of put them together in the exact format that um, he did. Um, caused him to sort of be recognized as credited with the invention of the Ouija board, right? Um, but he actually was able to get a, a patent. He filed a patent on um, the 28th of May, 1890. Uh, and the patent office gave him one, which means that the patent office um, believed it was proven that it actually worked, <laughs> right? Really? So they, so it thing? wasn't just that. What's that? Is that a thing? Really? You have yeah. to kind of prove some kind of efficacy? Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know much about patenting, but I, I don't think you can just like wildly be like, here's an anti-gravity, you know, I think it has to like, <laughs> I'm sure people have tried. <laughs> like, but I think there has to be some degree of reality behind it. And I think there's stories that they actually tested the thing. And we're like, yep, you can contact the dead with it. So patent approved. <laughs> um. I mean, now there are new theories and research done all about how the board actually works um, through what they call um, the ideomotor, ideomotor, one word, phenomenon, right? That's what they call this, Hmm. which is essentially that the body uh, can bypass the sort of conscious mind to express things that the subconscious or unconscious is thinking or thinks it should believe, right? So through subtle eye movements and reflexive muscle movements, it can spell out words for itself or in a group collaboration. So there's a bunch, I won't go into all of it, but there's like, you know, there's a bunch of studies where they basically, you know, essentially prove this theory. I don't believe it 
really disproves uh, the ability to sort of contact something of a spiritual nature through this method. But it does suggest a a sort of deep suggestibility that we have. Um, I think one of the, I can't remember the name of the um, made up person, but they made up a person to a group of people that they were testing this theory on and asked them to contact that person. And they did, right? They contacted this person, right? And it was like, like a their tulpa. name. It gets into the whole concept of a tulpa. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like there's a there's a deep suggestion behind it. And so, I mean, I think we'll, we'll definitely get into this as we, as we discuss it. But I think there's certainly something to it. And I think there maybe is still something more to it. Um, okay, so. Okay, let's get into I, let's I get into hear it. all about the all right, mishaps. All right. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, all right. one, one story before we get into the like mishaps, right, or, or, or specifically spooky stuff. But I feel like I would be a bit remiss of not talking about this one, um, which is the Seth Materials. I don't the know if Seth you've heard materials. the Seth materials. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Seth speaks. There's a bunch of books. Uh, Sounds vaguely familiar, but probably like it's been around for a while um, since like the sixties. Um, and I think it's officially referred to as the Seth materials, but I think one of the more popular books known is, the, is Seth speaks. Um, but basically this whole, it, it's, it's a series of materials that, embody um, a whole teaching. Um, And the whole thing started with a Ouija board encounter with a spirit named Seth. So it all started with an event that happened on December 2nd, uh, 1963, when Jane Roberts um, Roberts and her husband were experimenting with a Ouija board. Jane's husband, Robert Butts, was writing a book about ESP, and they wanted their experiences with the board to be a part of that, right? So that's when they say they began receiving messages from a spirit that later identified itself as Seth. So as told by Roberts, um, Seth described himself as a, quote, energy personality, energy personality essence, no longer focused in physical matter. So um, Roberts, uh, um, you know, so, so a lot of times when people were sort of channeling, right, they might... Um, have like an old timey voice or, or, um, you know, change their countenance dramatically. An old timey uh, voice. Well, yeah, like it might sound like different, right? It's like, you know, you're, you're channeling a part of it and you're like, ah, matey, you know? <laughs> <laughs> something like that, right? But with Robert's syntax and sort of sentence structures were, were modern and clear, um, when she spoke as Seth. Um, yet she would often sit in a rocking chair, um, during these sessions and she would sometimes smoke cigarettes, um, or sip on beer or wine. And afterwards, um, she would claim to not remember the contents of these, um, um, sessions and she would often, um, reread the transcript about what had been transmitted, right? So mm-hmm. there's many books about these teachings, um, but uh, they're often referred to um, as the Seth materials or the teachings of Seth. <laughs> so that's just like a quick little fun factoid about, about, yeah. Do you know probably the, one of the, the more... gist in general? Like what, what they were, what kind of wisdom they, they were imparted? like, 
Um, there were like existentially philosophical stuff about um, sort of the higher our higher spiritual nature and the like the um, the materiality of spirituality, right? Like where the spirit exists and like the teachings of man throughout the uh, the ages to um, you know sort of evolve into these sort of higher spiritual beings. So it's a pretty like, um, uh, I, I don't know how I, I would coin it, but it's like a pretty straightforward, like metaphysical sort of conception of, of spirituality and the, mm. um, you know, so it's sort of very non-denominational, but it gets at the essence of, um, you know, the idea of a soul and that we can exist beyond and we, you know, um, after death and so on so so kind of like being in college and saying you know like smoking weed with your roommate or something having late yes, night exactly. talks maybe a little more sophisticated than that but and something but but <laughs> she sat in a rocking chair sipping beer so like you know it had that you know has that vibe to it. but i like i don't want to like you know i haven't read it the stuff i've only read about it so you know i don't really know um I just wanted to bring that one up just because dude's name is Seth. And I think that is one of, it, it, this is definitely one of the more um, famous uh, examples of someone contacting a sort of, you know, friendly uh, entity through, um, through Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let's get into the spooky stuff. Yeah. Okay. okay. Can't wait. So my, um, First story is the story of the Zozo demon. And if you have you heard of this? I, I have not. Heard of it. Okay. I have not. No. Okay. I hadn't heard of it e either, but okay. So our story begins when Darren Evans first wrote about uh, his own Ouija board mishap um, on a message board in March 2009. So he described an experience where he encountered some type of entity that began wildly spelling the word Z-O, 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 Z-O over and over and over again, sort of frantically. Um, and then it continued to sort of communicate to him that um, it had come to take Evan's family to, quote, paradise. And then when Evans asked where this paradise was, um, it spelled out H-E-L-L. Uh, then it then began to sort of pour out obscenities and other words that Evans thought might be some like ancient language, like Hebrew or something. He just didn't know, but it was like these words that he believed it was like cursing him with essentially. Hmm. So then um, he began to encounter this spirit more and more, both while he was using the Ouija board and, and otherwise, right? Like he really, he believes that he opened some sort of like door with this thing. Um, on another occasion, um, you know, when he had been interacting with it in some way, um, he went into the bathroom where his girlfriend had been um, giving their one-year-old a bath and his girlfriend was not there but his daughter was, and she had nearly drowned in an overflowing tub. So he runs in, gets her out, you know, according to her, she had just like, his girlfriend, uh, the her, his daughter's mother had just like left for a moment, right? But she was, he, he, you know, um, she was not there. So he pulls out his daughter. She's okay, 
though he believes that the um, demon was responsible for an infection that she got the next day. It was like some mysterious infection, and she was later sent to, she was sent to the hospital. Um, he said during that whole time, his girlfriend was in this like really weird um, trance-like state, uh, turning from a very sweet person to s- someone sort of withdrawn and uncaring. So after that, he continued to have all these sort of like experiences with it. Um, you know, he said that when guests would stay the night, they would often hear terrifying voices from inside the walls, um, okay. objects Ooh. flying across the room, spiders appearing from no nowhere, just like really like kind of fucked up. <laughs> like some horror movie shit. Like horror movie stuff happening. Um obviously it totally freaked him out. So he he eventually decided to sort of share this um on the internet. And once he did that, um other pe- many other people um began to share their own encounters with the Zozo demon. So apparently, Oh really? So they had yeah. the same experience with it spelling out that name? Yeah, apparently hundreds. Right. Oh, so yeah. even before he had had this experience, people were sort of talking about it. But I think him sort of posting about it sort of caught fire. And a lot of people came out with their own experiences, which were all very much the same, where they would, you know, sort of, um, you know, it all it all sort of begins with them spelling out Zio Zio. Um, and in some cases, uh, uh, Zio Esso. So there's a lot of like zio zio zio, and then there tends to be these like kind of, you know, very poltergeist like encounters, or there's some type of threats um, that come through the the Ouija board. Um, so, um, like I said, this um, this na- after all this comes up, he starts digging into it further. And, um, you know, finds that this, um, this name has actually appeared in many other occult accounts and symbols. So some believe that the, the name Zozo comes from the Mesopotamian god Pazuzu, um, who was known as the ruler of demons. Um, and there's a lot of sort of like pop cultural uh, stuff that it's connected to, too, and, and, and like sort of ancient occult books as well. Um, in 1521, uh, an etching of the name Zoso um, with an S um, as code for the god Saturn appears in a banned occult book. Um, and it was this symbol that was then used by Led Zeppelin as a symbol for the guitarist uh, on Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin Four. So I don't know if you remember that, but it's like there's these like series of like ancient mm-hmm. symbols that sort of represent each one of the band members. There's like a Celtic knot. There's like a, there's like a few different little things and symbols. And that one was supposed to, it's, it actually says so-so. It's like kind of in like a scripty sort of cursive. Um, but yeah, they, they drew it from that. Um, I guess from that book or something, maybe some commentary about that book. But so like this, like really weird, <laughs> you know, like, a lot of sort of backstory around this thing, but he's, this guy's like definitely this terrified. Guy, you know, went into it without knowing any of this, I'm sure. Right. Yes. Right. Right. It was all sort of uncovered at sort of afterward. And, you know, he can continue to sort of chronicle his, um, misadventures with whatever this demon was. Like, I guess at one point he said, all he had to do was like 
say the name and like weird stuff would happen. So he actually believes that even just saying the name is like kind of like an invocation. I don't, you know, but anyways, it's kind of very freaky when you start digging into it. Yeah. But that's the story of the Zoso. That's very creepy. Yeah. So don't, don't bust out the Ouija board and if something starts saying Zozo, yeah, definitely sure. like, I guess, say goodbye to like, say do goodbye. all the, say, <laughs> say <laughs> close the circle, toss it, <laughs> say goodbye. Toss it in the fireplace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toss it in the fireplace. Yeah. I think that was part of it too. Like along, I think he didn't do, I think he like went to answer the door or something. There's a lot of these. So I found some like internet stories as well that I'll read. Um, some from Reader's Digest and and a few other sources, but um, there's a lot of like there's not like these like with the exception of the Zozo demon, there's not a lot of like sagas out there. There's a lot of like you know your sort of typical um, you know Ouija board mishap, right? And a lot of them have to do with like someone knocked on the board and we broke the circle, or they didn't say goodbye. <laughs> right, they didn't stuff. say goodbye. I've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of stories around that, but, um, I'll read a few, um, here. So this is some stories from the internet. Okay. So this is from Reader's Digest. Um, uh, so this one was about, um, uh, a, a man named Vince, um, who, when he wrote this, so a lot of these, I'm just going to read sort of verbatim what they, what they wrote. Um, but when this man was a child, um, they were, um, you know, they had him and a, a group of friends had decided to play with some Ouija boards in the basement. Um, you know, Vince, along with them, didn't really expect anything of the, out of the ordinary was going to happen, right? They, you know, you, like a lot of these stories, like people go into it very innocently, right? Like it's a game, maybe it seems sort of spooky, um, but you don't really, really believe that something's going to happen. Otherwise, but unless you're like, I don't know. Most people I don't think are trying to, you know, fuck with some demon out there or, or, or sort of negative entity, but right, a lot of people right. are sort it of just... surprised when things happen. Right. Um, so once they started to play, the lights start flickering. He said the air around them grew colder. Um, and um, this uh, spirit began to communicate with them. Um, it's spelled out... Um, this Russian name and claimed that it had actually been murdered. So um, this is in Vince's words. We took a break to make some pizza rolls. <laughs> but we forgot to close the circle when we were done. Um, so closing the whole closing the circle thing, definitely a big no, no. Um, after returning to the basement, uh, the energy was much heavier, and the books and things were sprawled out on the floor. But in the center of the room, you know, the Ouija board was still sort of perfectly still. Um, upon looking at a mirror that we had nearby, the eye of the Ouija board was moving sporadically in its reflection. And so, like, like they, they saw the thing in the mirror, right? So everything had been thrown around the room, uh, but in the middle of the room was the Ouija board, but what they could see in the mirror was like this thing moving around. The planchette? Yeah. Ooh. yeah that, that's By itself? It. Yeah. <laughs> but like in the mirror, so. 
Ugh. Yeah. So that was it. That was all that happened. But well, that's that's crazy. That's still freaky. That's yeah, that's freaky. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are like that. It's like we did this thing, and like you know, a lot of them don't turn into you know the Zozo demon. I mean, there's definitely ones out there where people are you know sort of plagued by sleep paralysis. I, I hear a lot of those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? That it's mm-hmm. like um, people are having sleep paralysis. After, After they've the been messing around with a Ouija board, yeah. Shadow, oh, we're seeing shadow that people, that kind of a thing. Oh, okay, really? A lot of the ones I found were stuff like this, where it's like there's some sort of encounter that happens, and sometimes that sort of lingers around. But really, okay, there's a lot, there's a lot of like instances of people seeing shadow people afterwards seeing shadow people having uh creepy encounters with you know what they feel are negative entities um which can be sleep paralysis kind of stuff yeah. oh wow okay you know, all kinds of stuff you you just don't want <laughs> yeah well i feel like a lot of the you know like i, I feel like the the ouija board is sort of a stand-in just for like kind of a um you know sort of naive or or ill-planned attempt at contacting something mm-hmm. in the beyond right like right. you know um i mean we can get into an hour we can talk about it after but uh i just have a few more stories yeah here, but, i want to hear um, the stories okay but, okay but go ahead finish your that okay well yeah just that like um, you know, there's there's different ideas around why like Ouija boards in general tend to be the the one that where that you know starts some of these sort of more negative encounters. And one person's theory, um, I think it was like some psychic guy, was like, it's because at this point um, there's so many stories and sort of bad juju sort of surrounding uh, Ouija boards that a lot of people go into. Um, you know, these Ouija board, um, uh, uh, you know, encounters already scared, already mm-hmm. anticipating something. They've got like negative energy happen. there. Right. So they're bringing a negative energy to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so that even if they're trying to, you know, contact their grandpa, the fear in them, the sort of expectation of encountering something negative um tends to attract them. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. The that's, fear that's attracting. More, yeah. We've talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. That like mm-hmm. a lot of the sort of like what we would call the like more negative sort of spiritual encounters and, or um, have to do with entities that are, that are feeding off of fear uh, in general or some sort of like extreme negative response in a person and they sort of get something out of that. So if you're bringing that to, uh, a moment where you're invoking something that you'll in that way sort of attract them to you. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I think like another uh, explanation I hear a lot is that, you know, it's kind of like you're going to attract low level entities, you know, just like, are do you really think that playing, busting out some Parker brothers <laughs> board game? you know you're gonna like be attracting some amazing enlightened you know angelic being you know it's it's gonna you know like what's gonna be hanging around and and want to engage with you yeah Um, well i like to think of it like you're 
you're calling a payphone somewhere in the spiral. <laughs> like, this oh, is no. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like it's an empty like... payphone on the street. And you're like, you for whatever reason, you've got the number. And you're like, maybe you're trying to call somebody specific, but anybody could pick up the phone. It's like anybody chat roulette. Could, <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, spirit yeah, world yeah. and there's totally. a lot of dick pics yeah totally, totally. <laughs> chat roulette oh my god uh what what innocent days we anybody thought that was a good idea um yeah yeah exactly so i mean i think that the the idea here is about intention right and i think that you're if you're trying to reach out to the spirit world that having this thing that whether it's you know, um, a device that enables, what do they call it? The, um, where was it again? The ideo motor, ideo motor phenomenon, or that has like an element of chance in it, you know, that something can sort of respond in it, but even just asking questions, right? Like there's so many examples of hauntings and things like that, where people go to a haunted place with a recorder and sort of ask an empty room mm. uh, a question um, and, you know, they hear a response on the recording, right? Like that's definitely a thing that happens. And very often, you know, when people visit, say, like a haunted place and do this, what can happen is something will then follow them home. Right. So just ask. It's like in the asking mm-hmm. is sort of everything, right? right? Like. So I think the the Ouija board itself it really doesn't hold any other uh, um, power than we sort of give it psychologically. But I think it's the sort of act of trying to invoke something that mm-hmm. invokes it in the first mm-hmm. place, right? So um, that's my little Ouija board theory. But um, okay, so just a few more uh, stories from the internet. Um, so another Reader's Digest. Um, I love what, that you what, research the Reader's Digest. Well, it's like a site. It's like a site. Yeah, you know. for sure. Um, okay. So um, this is in um, the the voice of, uh, um, what's your name, uh, Paige. Um, the first time I used a Ouija board, I was about six or seven, and I was with my mom and older sister, who was about um, 15 at the time, um, Paige, who's, who, who's then 24, when she tells Reader Digest the story, um, she's had just moved into a new house um, that's much bigger and better than, um, and much older than the one they had lived in previously, right? So um, that night, um, Paige's mother and, and her sister were um, eating pizza on the living room floor. Uh, since, you know, obviously the, the furniture hadn't gotten in there yet. Um, and they had put on a, a fire. So they were sitting around after dinner. Um, and her mom, uh, her sister pushed her mom to let them play with the Ouija board. Right. So like a very spooky setting, right? Like they're just, um, so, uh, as they're using it, as we were using it, page recounts a box in the living room had some books on it that literally just flew across the room. Shortly after that, the fire inexplicably went out and um, her mom was so shaken that she took the girls to the grandmother's house to spend the night. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. She, uh, <laughs> it's like, they, uh, 
the yeah there was like a box in the living room that just like slid across the floor and um the fire went out but you know these are like really small examples but this tends to be a thing that happens it's like they there's some sort of like you know invocation and something like reacts mm -hmm. right like something flies off the shelf um or some you know there's some attempt to sort of communicate back right and sometimes the lights will flicker sometimes the you know in this case the, the thing put out the the fire okay enough for your digest here <laughs> okay i'm not hating um, on reader I, I i actually do really love that you are sourcing reader's digest <laughs> yeah. um okay so um this one is uh an anonymous this is not a reader's digest this is like a, um an anonymous source from the internet um uh so this this the source says that they played um, the Ouija board several times many years ago, and this is in their voice. Um, got mainly dark and scary replies with names we didn't know. One claimed to be my uncle, though. We started to do it all the time, every day, with a homemade board. A few weeks later, I was in a club and saw a friend that I hadn't seen for maybe two years from across the room. He literally came running over to me with a strange look on his face. He said, I can't believe it's you. I have something strange to tell you, but you have to listen to me. But before I could answer him, he went on. I went to see a reader and she told me that she had a message for a friend of mine, a woman, and she said your name. She told me to tell you to stop playing with the Ouija board uh. because you're going to get burnt. Oh. Does that make any sense to you? I was speechless and really scared. I don't know if it was for real or how else it could have happened, but I was sure that I would never touch one again. Oh, that's pretty creepy. Like yeah, the idea really that creepy. like something had a message for them. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Uh, okay. One more. So, um, okay. This is again, uh, in someone's voice. Um, when I was in my first year of uni, we started playing with a homemade Ouija. There were like five of us. We contacted some spirit whose name I'm glad to have forgotten. And as we were talking to it, the doorbell rang and one of my friends had to go as her dad was there to pick her up. We didn't close the session by saying goodbye to the spirit as we had no clue and just threw the paper away. Now, the girl that had to leave early started acting strange and didn't hang with the rest of us as much. Uh, a few months after, she told us she wanted to get a cleansing as she wasn't feeling like herself. And she told us that as the moment she stepped in the door, the witch lady that was going to cleanse her totally freaked out and told her she had a spirit with her and used the very same name that we had seen on the Ouija board months uh. before. She told my friend that the spirit was following her as we didn't close the session and attempted to cleanse her without any success. Uh, this part's a little triggering. Um, she tried to commit suicide about three times later after this and dropped out of uni and went to live somewhere else. So I've lost touch with her. So that Yikes. part's pretty sad. But, Yikes. Wow. But yeah, like this idea of like, you know, not closing the circle and like something hang like attaching itself to you mm -hmm. right like that's 
that's probably like the creepiest, scariest part. And and I think that's definitely like possible. Like I feel like if you've ever visited a haunted place, like you could definitely feel like how that could happen. Right. Or I definitely feel like I've had, I don't know, just like even after being some like weird negative place, there's almost like a feeling that sort of, you know, hangs out or sort of haunts you a bit, you know? So like this idea that, you know, going to a haunted place and sort of, you know, something might attach itself to you, right? That's a story that's like definitely repeated out there. But yeah, this idea that you might uh, reach out and try to contact something and have something sort of um, attach itself to you, that that that's fucking creepy. It's so fucking creepy. And also <laughs> it's just like it really kind of uh, emphasizes the like the predatory or vampiric nature of these kinds of entities you know that yeah. they're siphoning off energy you know and i th- you know i think like when we talk about it, you know something good like generally you have to put the work in to connect with it it's not right, going to be like right. chasing you down right right where something like you know, a lot of them, they'll be like, something's trying to come through. Something's trying to find a way to come through, right? Or like live off of, live vicariously through people, right? Like it's interactions with people. Like that's the idea behind this whole like feeding off the fear thing. It's, it's something that wants to relive life or live life. Maybe it wasn't alive to begin with. Like there's all sorts of theories about that, but um. Yeah, just this idea that like contacting something, it might not just be this one event, like some of those like Reader Digest stories where it's like something happens, you know, like you invoke something and like there's like some phenomenon, right? Like book flying off the shelf or lights going on and off or seeing something weird in the mirror that something by by inviting this thing, it might actually like stick around like that's. That's sort of scary, and I I feel like that's sort of like the is the sort of quintessential Ouija board mishap. Um, cool. So those were my stories. You said um, you you really had a couple creepy. or something. Well, just like um yeah, kind of a couple personal ones. Um, okay. So I mean, just really Not quickly, sure. my my mom and I think I've talked about this before. My mom was a Christian, and. Uh, when I was young, like maybe four or five years old, she kind of um, started really exploring her faith and getting. And she had a she had had a Ouija board, and I think she, you know, was talking to some people who told her like, you know, you need to get rid of that. It's not good for all of the reasons we've been outlining, you know, outlining here. Um, but she actually. <laughs> I kind of have vague memories of this, but she had me go into her bedroom and close the door and we were living in a house that had a fireplace and she threw it into the fireplace and according to her, uh, and and she didn't exaggerate or lie, she wasn't one to do that, Um, when she threw it in, these huge flames shot out, almost like the thing exploded. Whoa. I mean, maybe there was some paint or, or something that kind of like ignited some kind of chemical. I don't know. But, but that was like freaky and it made an impression it. on her. Yeah, right. 
But so she had been using this thing. She'd had it. I don't know. Oh, for she had sure. just had it. She'd had it. She bought one. She she may have used right. it once or twice or something. I don't know. She didn't really. I should have asked her about it, but I didn't. Um, but yeah. Um, well, that's but, such a specific thing to do. I throw it in the fire. Like like mm-hmm. you want to get rid. Like you want to destroy. She wanted it. to. She wanted to burn it. She didn't want anyone right. else to to find it or whatever. She yeah. Um. So then when I was in my 20s, um, after I graduated from college, my boyfriend at the time and I were living together and (laughs) we decided to play with a Ouija board and um, smoked a little weed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And this was not something new for him. Uh, You know, he was was used to smoking weed. Um, But anyway, we had been playing with it for, I don't know, you know, maybe around an hour or so, maybe a little less than, I don't, I I can't really recall right now. But all of a sudden, and I kid you not, he started to projectile vomit. I'd never seen anything like it before. It wasn't just vomiting, like when someone gets drunk or something, and he wasn't drinking at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It was to the point where I had to go get a wastebasket. It was intense. And after that, I didn't want to touch one again. Oh my God! Wait, and so what was his experience? Like, what what was what did he think was wrong? Well, you know, I mean, I think he kind of laughed it off. He was more of a agnostic, atheist kind of, you know, spiritually, like you know, didn't really put any stock into it at all. Um, but wait, uh, so he's like protect. So you, wait, okay. So you guys are playing this thing. He starts projectile vomiting mm-hmm. to the degree that you're like, you're like, let me get mm-hmm. a waste packet. And mm-hmm. then you're like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, well, it's chill. Like, <laughs> I, I think no he would have just like, Oh, I must've had a little bug. But the weird thing, it wasn't, it didn't, there was nothing that we ate that, you know, made sense where it could have been food poisoning. Um, it, 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 he was, you know, fine a few hours later. It wasn't like he was sick for a few days so that it was like a clear like stomach flu kind of a thing. It was just weird and inexplicable. Yeah, that is weird. And I mean, it's like his reaction too is like kind of weird, right? To be that, not being like, whoa, that was fucking crazy. Like it's almost like to like, I don't know. He was very very science-minded person, very logical, you know? Right. And so he's not going to go there. Right, but that makes me think he, like, did go there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, somebody who's, like, uh, frightened of, I don't know, what happened, right? Like, frightened of the premise that maybe there was something. Because, right? I don't know. Most people don't just sit around projectile vomiting. No, no. I mean, it's it's uh, it was pretty intense. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe he was more scared than he let on. Is what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Who knows? What about you, Seth? You know, I've never like okay. So as much as I'm like curious about this, like I've never really. It just scares me to the degree that like I don't want to fuck with that. Oh, you're like smart. I'm. Well, I just, I don't know, like it just wasn't around. I always was like curious about it and always want to do it. But anytime, like, um, I think the closest I came is like we were at, I was staying at a hotel in New Orleans once with some friends and we like kind of um, made, made, made one, right? That was like, 
where we were like sort of like tossing, like asking yes and no questions and sort of like tossing a, like a, I can't remember what it was like a, some sort of stick or something to mm-hmm. try to like get yes or no. And like that, that freaked me out and we stopped. <laughs> I was like, we're going to like, Did anything happen where it was No, no. Like, I think or... it was like a, there was an answer to it. I can't remember like, I, you know, um, exactly what it was, but it was like definitely like spooky night in a spooky hotel in New Orleans, you know, late at night and we were like hanging out in the living room of this place and we started doing it. And I think we got an answer that was like a little freaky. I can't remember exactly what it was. And you're like, nope. <laughs> And I was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're not fucking calling up Zozo or whatever. Whoever. <laughs> we're not calling up some like fucking old timey New Orleans ghost to fucking fuck with us the rest of the weekend. So, so no, like I, you know, I, I guess, or maybe I've just seen so many of these paranormal shows, and I'm like, don't fucking play with the Ouija board. <laughs> like I just have no interest in calling up something that right. I'm not trying to. You know? Yeah, I would not do that now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I must have, I mean, it was definitely like around when I was growing up, right? Like there was definitely like a thing to do, but you know, mm-hmm. never did it. But mm-hmm. so, um, so what do you think's going on with these Ouija boards? Well, I know there are different, you know, and I think you touched on it a little bit, different schools of thought. Um, you know, one of them is, you know, that it's kind of like, you know, the the concept behind like a pendulums or water witching or any of that yeah. stuff where it's like you're... Or hypnosis, where somehow you're interacting with your your own subconscious mind that perhaps knows more than you realize it does. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you touch this planchette or whatever, you're making these minute movements that you're not even aware of. Yeah. And you're answering questions that you kind of are, are accessing your own knowledge. Um, personally... I kind of feel like something like this is just rife for opening doors to entities that you don't want around. Yeah. I'm going to err on the side of that. Um, I, I just, I don't think it's a good idea. I think there, there's a, there's a wealth of information out there that, um, you know, and people from all different backgrounds, whether it's, you know, just psychics or Christian or, you know, you know, other religions that would say the same thing. I think it's very, you know, it's just like inherently you're playing around with something that you don't understand and don't know what it really is. Why take the risk? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what do you that, think? yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think there definitely is a sort of subconscious element to the degree that I think that some of these, like the Reader Digest epi- like uh, examples, are like, you know, these sort of poltergeisty activity might even be coming from the people themselves. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like a lot of people believe that, you know, um, that a lot of poltergeists can come from just sort of teenage angst, if you will, right? <laughs> like it's just like energy that you're throwing off that you don't really understand. Um, and so like the expectation that something can happen can almost cause it to happen, right? I, I do believe that our minds are like actually that powerful and that we just don't quite understand it. Like the energies around it, around our mind are, are like that powerful, so, 
you know, I think that people's sort of fear and excitement and sort of the expectation of what could happen can actually cause some of these things to happen where they're not actually necessarily contacting something. But then I also do believe that, um, you know, you can definitely, I think it has almost nothing to do with the Ouija board itself. Mm, right. But I definitely think you can sort of by intention and by device and by asking you can contact something that you don't necessarily want to be contacting. And I think there's something to what you're saying about, you know, what's available to answer the phone. If you're calling that like fucking pay phone and right. you know, what's hanging it's out a and creepy 900 number. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, Damien Eccles talks a lot about like, you know, remember we did that magic episode mm -hmm. In his book about like all that he had to go through to like get a hold of these angels, like what he perceived as these angels, right? Like it was a lot, like he put a lot into it and there was a lot of intention, a lot of sort of ceremony and a lot of this, a lot of studying, a lot of things that he did to, uh, to, to do that. And so, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, the quality of, of the asking is going to have some determine, determination about what you're able to contact. I mean, I think that it is definitely possible to contact the spirit world. I think we do it all the time, actually. You know, I think we do it even more than we, than we think or more than we know, right? Like, we're always kind of, I mean, we talked about this in the synchronicity episode so long ago, like, we're always kind of, out there asking things of the universe and we don't really know what we're asking half the time. And I think, you know, sometimes there's answers of a spiritual nature and there's sometimes there's, you know, answers of an energetic nature and, and so on. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something to it. Um, and I think that, um, you know, there's something to it from, from that point of view as well so sorry it's like gotten like all of a sudden sort of like stormy it's like gotten real creepy here i don't know if any of that's picking up on the mic no. but... <laughs> uh, is there is there thunder no but it's like whistling Ooh. yeah yeah whistling it's like wind. raining and it's like whistling mm -hmm. so but any, Great. if anyone listening, we would, you know, if you guys have any uh, crazy Ouija board stories, yeah, we would love yeah, to hear totally. them. Please uh, send them shadowlandpodcast at gmail dot com. Yep. Also, I just want to say thank you to the people that have left us um, recent positive ratings and reviews. Uh, it really means so much to us. You don't even know. Um, so yeah, we appreciate. If you're it. enjoying the show. Please just, you know, take a few seconds, give us a five-star rating, give us a review. Just a few words. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like, you know, the most amazing thing you've ever written, but it really helps us out and it helps the show grow. Yep. All right. Well, I think we did it. You feel good? I feel pretty good. All right. Although All I'm, right. I'm a little creeped out. A little out. creeped out. I'm, I'm a little, little creeped, creeped out, out. Too, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's like raining and whistling outside. I feel like I invoked something here. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Well, I guess until next time. Okay. I'll talk to you soon.
All right, bye. Bye-bye. Shadowland Podcast is produced by Seth Javlin and Christina Callard. Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln. Thanks, Tims. <laughs>